Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. Today, we wanted to talk about leadership roles within our company. And I was thinking that the first thing I would like to hit on is how we actually pick those people that could be good leaders, great leaders within your company. I think a lot of times we think that they have to be somebody that's been behind the chair for a long time or has been in the business for a long time or the busiest stylist in the salon are the ones that get to be good leaders. Uh, and that's not necessarily true. Um, and so I just wanted to start with how we chose our leaders and how we landed on the people that we picked to be leaders within our company. So Jesse, do you want to start about the leaders in your company and how it came about that they were the ones that get to run your company? Sure. Um, how long do we have today? Because I feel like this could be a long one. <laughs> I know. Well, I have a call at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard okay. Time. <laughs> so we got about 45 minutes. All right. Sounds good. Well, yeah. So I have... Um, I mean, I don't have a large team, but most of my team makes up my leadership team um, and they all have very specific different roles. And, you know, I've made the mistake of picking the wrong person before. So I'm pretty cognizant of who I pick and why. And really for me, it it's watching them, giving them, you know, gosh, this is where I get tripped up. It's it's giving them the empowerment to go ahead and make mistakes, but giving them the control and the opportunity to try out some different things. So let's just take, for example, um, Lauren, who is my director of operations and our director of guest experience. So she's got two huge roles and we tried on a few different before she landed in those roles. And, you know, we brought her on as just a receptionist, part-time receptionist. Um, and I wasn't even sure like she'd stick around, but the loyalty the, that she showed, the hunger that she showed, the responsibility, it all came together. And I just started, once she took on a few extra responsibilities and she did them well, and she took ownership of it, if it didn't do well, and I had her back no matter what, you know, it just developed into what she's become today, which is completely invaluable to my company. And um, she now runs the show for me. So I think the most important thing and how I choose who is in leadership is giving them that power and seeing how they do with it. And, you know, that doesn't mean handing over the keys, the, the complete control, but it you give them those baby steps and you see how they do. And it's those people who are hungry, who are loyal, who will take ownership if they screw up, you know, hold themselves accountable, hold you accountable. Those are the type of people that you really want in your leadership roles. If you're, you know, looking at somebody who's been behind the chair for a really long time, they've been in your company for a really long time, but you've given them the opportunity to take on some sort of responsibility or take charge of some sort of project that you guys have and they 
do okay, or you have to remind them to do it several times, or they just, they're, they kind of shy away from it. You know, those are the people that you can value them for what they bring to your company. They bring loyalty, they bring experience, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're the right person for the job. So when you have specific roles, you want to look at the characteristics of, of what that role entails. And then you want to look at the characteristics of the person that you're thinking of. Are they accountable? Are they responsible? Will they take ownership? Do they have the enthusiasm? Do they have the hunger? And those are the people that you want to start to foster and give a little bit of responsibility, see how they do with it, and then let them run with it and then develop together. That's also a really important thing that, you know, I've discovered is you've got to have somebody who's really down to do it all until you can hone in on the niche of what that role looks like. Just like in our industry, you know, when somebody brand new starts out, you kind of, they, they do everything, right? Until you can figure out what the niche is of what they're really special doing. And so that's how I chose my leadership people. And I've had, let's see, so Lauren has been with me for seven years. Jackie's been with me for eight years. Um, winter, had been with me for four years um, before she moved and now she's coming back. So we're going to have her back, which is fantastic. Um, and so it's, and they started in their leadership roles. Jackie was brought on right away with her leadership role. She was our director of education and we knew with her experience who she had trained under, we wanted her in that role right away, but the role looks completely different now than it did in the beginning. And that was because she was really great at some things and other things she wasn't. So we really defined and, and honed in her niche and what that role looked like. And then we were able to move other responsibilities onto other people who really excelled in the areas that she didn't. Um, that's all, I'll go ahead and stop there because I know I'm kind of running with that. So I'll let no, no, your no, mouth I go. <laughs> No, no, I think that I think that was great. I mean, I, I was just sitting here thinking as you were talking, like it's it is really true because for myself, my story is a little bit different. But what I like what you said is that like whatever their leadership role starts as does not mean it's going to stay like that, you know. Yes. And I always think about like what Heather um, Manuel says. I said you're cool. Um, mm -hmm. Is that you know it's going to be clear as mud for a little while, like, you know, mm -hmm. and you just kind of, you have to have those people that are like on board to know that it might be messy as fuck for a little bit, but we get to figure out that together of what that mm -hmm. looks like. And that's what like the leaders, that's what I heard you say. And, and what Jackie, what Jackie, like you guys figured out what that looks like together. It wasn't just you defining that role. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like I mean, you can relate to this. It's almost like parenthood at first, you know, it's the blind leading the blind, but the kids don't know that, you know, so you're, <laughs> they, they trust you. They're playing follow the leader. And that's, that's what I was able to develop. I had people who would put a blindfold on and literally follow me off a cliff if I asked them to, but they trusted me to not let them fall off the cliff. And through that trust and bond, we were able to create some really, really great roles that helped our salon. I mean, clear is kind. We tell, we say that all the time. If you have a leadership team or you just decide to name somebody a manager because you need some help, you know, that that's not doing anybody a, 
any favors. It's you want people who are going to sit there with you. And if you have a bad idea, you want them to tell you it's a bad idea and help you figure out how to make it a better idea. And if you can put blindfolds on people and have them, you know, say jump and they say how high, that's what you're looking for. Those are the people that you want as leaders. Or if you say jump and they're like, you know what, I don't think that's a really great idea. How about we skip instead? You want those people too, because they have the ideas, they have the, they feel that empowerment to go ahead and, and challenge your decisions. That's um, like the clubhouse we did on, gosh, what was that? When I said challengers are kind of some of my favorite people, because I don't want people who just always do what I ask. I want people who will challenge my, my, my decisions and make them better if they aren't already there. You know, so the people it's, and that's why we're talking about this. It's extremely important to figure out who those people are and then develop those roles kind of around, around the people really. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's, it's not just having like, yes, people all the time. Mm -hmm. So my, my leaders within my company, and I want to hear from Mallory too, is so I, my story basically is that I, the salon that I own, I've been at for eight years and I purchased it last July. Um, but prior to that, I had been managing the salon since like 20, then to 2019. And what was really cool for me was that my old owner of the salon it really gave me full autonomy to do whatever I wanted um, in there. And she was very, very hands off, which allowed me to start creating some leadership roles, even though there was really no titles. It was kind of just like, those are the people I could rely on to help me. And so it was really nice because during that time, I was able to decide like, okay, what are their strengths? What are they really, really good at that I know that I might lack in that they can support me with? And when the time came that we, I made the purchase, I had, I had a, a little bit more of a clear vision of what it looked like for my leaders and what roles they were going to play. Um, so one thing I want to hit on that I think helped, um, and again, this is something that is changes and it already has from last July till now of what the roles of my leader is, is having something very clear written out of what the expectation is, what compensation looks like, if there's compensation, if there's not yet, then that needs to be clear as well. Like if, if, if you're thinking about how can I compensate somebody as a leader, but there might not be um, enough of a monetary level there to be able to distribute out to your leadership team. There's other creative ways that you can compensate your leadership. So that's how it started for us. It was like, okay, you guys can both take home a product every single month. Don't pay for your color services or any services you get done in the salon yet or anymore. You know, just some things that we were able to give right out of the gate until I got my feet wet. Um, and we had some time, I was in time under my belt to figure out what that compensation looks like, but it was all documented and we went over it together. They read over it. They had an opportunity to say, Hey, I'm unclear about this. What does this mean within my role? And then both of my leaders know that it's going to change. And for one of my leaders, it's changed a lot. Um, already because we've just kind of figured out like what's working, what's not working, what can we add? Um, so I think that that piece is really important. 
of just having a really clear outline for your leaders and what the expectation is because otherwise we're just asking them to play a game that they don't know the rules to and although it might be clear as mud there has to be some sort of staple down that they can understand what the goal is and how we can help to collectively achieve that goal as a leadership team yeah i totally agree with that i think that's how you are able to put on that blind or they're willing to put on the blindfold, right? Because they have that clear expectation list. They know what you're expecting. You know what you're expecting from them and they're able to put on that blindfold and then just get to work. And that's where everything, that collaboration and the magic happens, which is really fun. Yeah. To see. Yeah. And then, and then also when you start to develop those leaders too, like for us, we were hitting a point where we're seeing a gap. And we're seeing a hole of something that we're missing right mm -hmm. now. And so we're in the process of adding a third person to our leadership team. And I've been watching our team and seeing like, who's the person that steps up the most? Who's the one that we use Slack as our communication tool? Like who's in there rooting on the team all the time in Slack? Who's the person that's like consistently posting on their social media, the way that they show up for their guests, you know? Um, mm -hmm. do I feel like she could be a strong, a strong lead in a role and, um, she will be. And so we are getting ready to actually announce it to our team this week, um, that we're bringing somebody else in to help with our co-stylist course and our education, because we need a second person. It's just too hard for one person to manage. Um, mm -hmm. so, and then the other option too, is if you're unsure about who to bring in your leadership team, send out an application to your team. You might end up having somebody that might be a little bit more quiet or reserved that's afraid to speak up, but they're actually interested in supporting you and the company. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, Mallory, I want to hear from you and about your leadership team. Hi there. So my my leadership journey has, has been um, actually pretty strong from the get-go. Um, because my general manager of my salon, her name is Danny. She is fantastic behind the chair. She is fantastic with the culture of our company. Um, but her and I actually decided to open the Gilded Lily together. Um, we had been previously working together and there were just a lot of things that um, I think we would have, well, I know that we would have done differently and we have done differently. So we actually went to brunch and had waffles and discussed like, do we want to do this? How do we want this to happen? We want to open the salon. What does this look like? And basically she's been with me since before we were even open. Um, so, and I do have to say, I, I look back from where we're at now to where we were then. And it was just kind of the first year or so was kind of like all hands on deck. We were always in constant communication. We were always, you know, bouncing ideas. You know, if a, a client services challenge came up, we, we talked about it. We dealt with it together. Um, it was kind of like, you know, we just each were grabbing pieces of the responsibility pie and just like making sure everything was covered. And flash forward to now, over those years, and with taking the PIP University course for over two years, we have learned with each other how to um, how to really streamline what our processes look like. And we have developed ourselves in different ways, and we have celebrated each other's strengths, and we have coached to each other's weakness. And it's not always just myself coaching to my leaders as the owner; it's them coaching up to me. And and I think. Um, 
I think one of the biggest things to understand is if you have someone that's either a salon director or a general manager, somebody in that leadership role where they're in charge of quite a few responsibilities is is listening to them and supporting them. But also they have probably one of the most challenging you know, jobs in the salon because not only do they have to coach to the team, but they also have to coach to the leader. And I think for myself, um, I, I always felt like I had to have... I had to have the ideas and I, I was the owner and I, I had to, you know, come up with all the ideas. And then I slowly started realizing through Danny and our other leader, Tracy, now through their like feedback, like they've got better ideas than I have sometimes, honestly, more, more often than not. So I think one of the biggest things I would, I would recommend for someone, you know, dipping their toe into adding leaders in their business is, you know, make that communication a two-way street. Always listen to your leaders because for myself, I know that they are the eyes and the ears of the salon for me. I'm now out from behind the chair and it's been a challenge adjusting to that for sure. And I think communication, you know, sometimes gets strained, but we always seem to come back to, you know, the same vision, the same level of customer approach, the, the same level of how we treat our team and how we protect the culture of our business. And I think that that's really, really important to know that, you know, things may ebb and flow, but the coaching goes both ways sometimes. So I think that's really important. And um, Danny played an integral role in adding our salon coordinator, Tracy. Tracy um, came to us, she had moved to Chicago from out of state a couple years ago um, in 2020. And she you know, applied to work at the salon at the front desk and we got her in there. And over time, you know, she's very organized. She has a background in social work. And so we were really able to take her communication strengths and her organization strengths and create a leadership role for her. Uh, because, you know, Danny and I had realized that we needed that piece, um, somebody to help coordinate things like, you know, our ordering strategies, um, creating graphics on Canva to display with the products, um, making sure that we were on top of our meetings and like scheduled events, handling like communication for career fairs. It's just, we have found a way to see people's strengths and then streamline that into a clear cut role for them. And it's always going to evolve a little bit, but I think through like honest lines of communication and being okay with saying, Hey, you know, your idea is awesome. Let me, my idea was not as great. I'm going to let that take a back seat. I think that give and take aspect of our relationship has really served us well in my salon. Yeah. I, I, I love all of that. And I love the fact, I actually didn't realize that, um, Danny was with you from like before you guys even opened. So I think that that's really, really cool. I love that for you. Yes. Um, and what I also hear too, is just that there's strength in numbers. And that's what I keep like re saying in my head right now, as we're and even like Jesse, you said that like, you're like, I have a small team and like half of my team is my leadership team, you know? And it's because like, there's so much to do, right? It's like. Absolutely. I mean, well, and I think all three of us at one point had have said it, you know, it's in order to be a really great owner or leader, you have to like self-reflect on what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And then that will help you develop the, the gaps or, you know, the holes that you have 
to operate the salon in a really successful manner. And that's how you start to bring in the people that are going to help fill those voids. And so making sure that you're really honest with yourself, holding yourself accountable for what you are great at and what you're not great at, and then developing those skills and somebody else to take up that torch so that you can concentrate on the things that are you're really great at. And that's how we build that leadership team. And for me, you know, it was extreme. And this is, you know, this is an area that I really excel in. It is that leadership development, the communication with my team, all of that stuff. And so for me, I knew going in eight years ago that I wanted a strong leadership team because I never had that when I was growing up as a stylist. And I missed that, you know, I, I, I wanted that, I craved it. And so I knew when I want, when I opened that that was a very, very important thing to me. So right off the bat, you know, I, I, I only had one stylist and I automatically made her when I even called her at that point, a manager, which I hate that word. I hate the thought that we're managing people. It drives me bonkers. So I know, I mean, I have directors now because that's what they direct the flow of, of everything. But so, you know, I right away just made her a manager because she had been a manager at the previous salon that we had worked at. And, you know, I, she kind of had that role already. She was uh, more senior than I was. Um, she had been doing hair longer. So I just automatically did that. And also, I mean, the other thing was she was the only person that was on my team so far. So for me, that was not that, and, and this was by no means her fault, but it was a mistake. It was, I didn't have the right idea of how to build that leadership team yet. I knew I wanted it, but I didn't know how to do it. And just naming somebody for the sake of naming somebody was not the right way to go. And it took me a couple of years and actually Heather, I had reached out to Heather um, and took her um, lay the foundation course, which is what laid the foundation for rich life CEO. And I remember talking with her because this manager was part of the course with me and she, I, what did Heather say? I think she said I had a weird umbilical cord attachment to <laughs> this manager because she was, she just was not the right fit, but because, you know, I'm a loyal person too. And I didn't know how to not continue having her be the manager, but it was killing you my didn't team. know how to cut it the cord. I you didn't know how to cut the cord. So it took, it took myself understanding, like, or it took me understanding myself and my weaknesses. And, and she was just, she kind of had the same weaknesses and then some more like different ones. And so it wasn't creating strength in my company. It was creating weakness and, and turmoil. And she wasn't helping me develop people. She was taking, she was sucking the energy out of me so that not only did I not have energy for the, the salon, but I didn't have it for the team. And that was just one of the biggest mistakes I made in my, in my eight years of being a salon owner. And so if you can you skip that step, don't just name somebody for the sake of naming somebody and don't just put somebody in a role that you don't have any expectations for, just like we said earlier as well. So it's, mm -hmm. it's understanding your weaknesses so you can help you know, find those strengths, find strengths in somebody else that can bring that to the team. And then also having those clear expectations, which like we've said, they're clear as mud, but you start to develop them and you want to make sure, okay, we're going to grow this role together, 
but what's really important are these are the expectations that I do have right now that need to be met. And then we can yeah. develop the rest together. And something else that just popped into my head that we did this year more recently was we have our core values within our salon, you know, that everybody in the salon, we all follow. And a lot of the girls in our space use that in their personal lives too. But we developed core values as a leadership team that are different than our salon overall core values. Um, I love that. Yeah, it's and it, it it literally all of those values within our leadership team like come from um, Brene Brown because we all love her, and so um, and she has just such a fierce way of leading. So we just created three core values amongst our leadership team because it's a different place to be than just working within the company and coming in and doing your job day in and day out, just the daily operational stuff. Like our, our leadership team is bought into more. And so I wanted there to be that expectation, like we talked about of like something written out, what the responsibilities are. We use Asana, which is a task app. We have sections that all their tasks are in there. So it can be as clear as possible. Um, but then we developed those core values amongst ourselves to be able to hold each other accountable for what it is that we want to achieve together. So we have um, level 10 calls. We do ours biweekly and um, we get on Zoom. And the first thing we go over is our core values as a leadership team. So it just helps to give ourselves permission to be able to hold each other accountable and to the highest level possible, you know? So that is something that we've added this year that I've liked having there. I, yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. I love that you do that. It makes a lot of sense. It helps because honestly, for me in the position that I'm in, like we've all amongst the three of us. And then again, we're bringing on a fourth here soon, but like we've had some really tough conversations with each other. And so when we can fall back on those values, it just reminds each other and reminds ourselves that like, it's okay to have these really tough conversations. And by tough conversations, I mean some serious <laughs> tough mm -hmm. conversations that have been hard that my leaders have had with me and I've had to have with them in, in return, you know? And when you know the intention behind it and you know that like, this is different than who we are as a team, then it helps. So there's not as many hurt feelings, you know, yeah. of, because it's not meant to hurt anybody's feelings, but it's a place to be able to have growth and opportunity and um, allowing each other to have those conversations is really tough conversations is what helps build your leadership team, you know? Absolutely. Um, and like Mallory was talking about earlier too, is like, I try to tell my team, and this is something they told me they do appreciate, is I will, before I start to say or give an idea, I say, I am open to feedback on this, you know? So like they know and they have that permission to, if I come up with an idea, they can't, they have the opportunity to say, I don't think we should do that yet. And I mean, that just happened for us last week, like something that I had posted in Slack. I'm like, hey, I just found this report. I think that we should start looking at it in this, like how to be able to, it was, adding time to the book or adding guests to the book. Um, and it was a report on hours available for sale. And typically we focus on how many like guests do we want to add on to the book. And I was like, maybe we should switch this and look at it this way. And both of my leaders respond. And they're like, we can look at that on our back end, but our team responds better to doing it the way we're doing it. So we think we need to stay with that. I'm like, 
okay, that's fine. You know, I mean, they're the ones in the salon doing it. So, so they know. So yeah, before we wrap up, we have like 15 minutes and I think it would be fun to um, talk about what our weaknesses are and Mm -hmm. how um, our leaders fill that spot for us. Yeah, sure. You start, Jess. (laughs) Come on. All right, fine. Um, So for me, um, this is kind of like an ongoing joke that we have in the salon. But um, so when when my old boss had ownership of the company, they would always say that she was the mom and I was the dad because I was the one that wouldn't let things like slide. You know, I, I would always hold more people accountable and it would be in a very direct way. Um, and God bless my old boss because I love her dearly. Um, but she was a complete pushover. So she was the mom, like 110% the mom. So, um, my weakness is that I can be very direct with somebody. And even though my intention is pure and kind, um, the way that I communicate it can be tough for some people to be able to hear because I feel like at times I'm like, listen, I know my intention is to grow you. It's not to hurt your feelings, but I'm going to be very direct with you of what the expectation is here and what needs to be done. Um, and sometimes people's feelings aren't necessarily taken into consideration because I, for me, I'm just like, let's have this conversation. Let's get it done. Let's move forward. Um, and my director who's on here right now, Heather, she leads with her heart and It's not that I don't lead with my heart. I just lead with my heart in a different way. What Heather is really good at is leading with her heart in a very, so now she's the mom. However, she's not a pushover. She doesn't let them, our team get away with anything. She holds them to their highest standard, but in a very, very loving and kind way. And that's what I really needed as one of my leadership roles um, within the company. And then my other leader, Juliana, she helps to fill. She's younger. She's 22. She'll be 23, I think, this July. And um, so she holds like that space of being able to connect with our like Gen Zs and our younger group that's coming to us. And that's something that like, you know, we ha- always have this joke of like millennials versus Gen Z's within our company and we'll like play our different music back and forth. And, you know, it's always, but she can relate to those people coming in more than I can, or even Heather can as well. So it's nice to be able to have that because that would be another weakness of mine is as a millennial, I'm just like, no, you're just going to work hard. And you're just going to do it. Like, we're not going to sit here and mess around, you know, but Gen Z's are a whole different, um, they're a whole different generation. I mean, they bring so much value and in such a different way. So that's where Juliana really steps into that role for us as well. I love that. That's great. And I totally get the being the dad or mom thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally the dad. So now they joke. Yeah. So now we have like, I'm the dad, Heather's the uh, mom. And then we had a stepmom for a while too, which is Juliana. So it's just like, <laughs> it's an ongoing awesome. joke. So all right, Jesse, you're up and then Mallory. All right. Well, so, I mean, I have some very obvious weaknesses as an owner that does not do hair or work behind the chair. So one of the first things I had to fill was that director of education role um, and somebody who could train my team. So just that's a basic uh, weakness that I had 
starting off, but probably the biggest one as you know, when we first opened, I only had one child. Um, and then boom, I got pregnant six months later and then, you know, just right away going. after that, it just another, yeah, I just, I kept popping out the baby. So, um, you know, something that I really had to start to recognize was I no longer had the brain capacity for one and also time capacity. And so, but I still, I still wanted to be everything for everyone. And I wanted to take on all these different things. I wanted to be the one to have the one-on-ones. I wanted to be the one to do the weekly check-ins that we did. I wanted to be the one doing the uh, quarterly belief reviews. I wanted to be the one doing, um, you know, team meetings, all this, all the things, right? I just wanted to be a part of it all because that was my job as the owner. And unfortunately what started to happen was, you know, a kid would be sick or I would be exhausted or, you know, I just started to move meetings around, which is a big no-no. But, you know, I had him on the schedule. I was supposed to do a one-on-one and I just couldn't, I, I either didn't prepare early enough or I just wasn't ready or whatever happened, I would then reschedule. And so that message that I was sending to my team was, this is not as important as what I have going on over here. And I had to really step back because I thought, you know, I was doing the right thing by making sure I was the one doing them. But really what I was doing is creating a weakness within my team that, and, and telling them a story that they weren't as important as something else in my life. And I, I had to self-reflect and be like, okay, Jesse, you just can't be everything to everyone anymore. You have to pick and choose where you can really excel at and where somebody else on your team can come in and do just as good of a job as you. So for me, that was when I really created Winter's role as our salon director. And basically she took on the, she was the mentor for the team, the cheerleader, the, she was the one that did the one-on-ones, did weekly check-ins and she did a phenomenal job and she developed a really, really wonderful stylist within our company. And it was me taking that step back and recognizing I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had taught her, I mean, I had brought her up and coached her and taught her everything I knew. So I knew she could do it. And she also has, a very direct approach. We probably are both dads actually. Um, <laughs> so, but then we have, we have other people on the team who, I mean, Jackie is mm-hmm. like the most sunshiniest person you'll ever meet. So she's definitely our mom, but um, you know, we have a direct approach and she took it on. And like I said, developed really, really badass stylists in our, in our company. So that I think that was probably my biggest aha and my biggest um, weakness in the salon, and that's how we yeah G- giving about. up control. You mean? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. was what that comes yeah. down to. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 I can totally get that. I'm sure most people on here can understand that completely, mm-hmm. and that's why what we hold ourselves back. Hopefully, you guys can hear me. Okay, that's why we yep. hold ourselves yep. back to de- like developing these leaders. I think it's either us being unclear or wanting to give that control. And I think the other reason that people don't develop leaders is because they don't know how to compensate them. And so I think those are the yep. two things that hold us back as owners of developing those people. But if you can just like rip off that bandaid and make it fucking happen, it will make a world of a difference within your company. Rip that sucker off. Yeah. Rip amazing. it right off. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, Mallory, I'm excited to hear what you got to say. 
Well, mine was actually similar to Jesse's and like wanting to do all of the things for all of the people and, and, you know, take control of that, which I have learned to, to let go and rip that bandaid. But another one that I'd like to, you know, talk about is, um, a, a situation that I'd had, um, in communication. And I think at the time that this was happening, you know, our salon had been growing. We're still a very new salon. We are in October will be five years. So we're still, you know, only a few years into our journey and learning. And at the time that this happened, um, I think my communication wasn't as solid as I thought it was. And, and so one of my weaknesses at the time was, you know, communicating effectively was not a strong suit of mine. And I think that, um, having, having Danny in my corner from day one, her and I are always, um, working together and we know almost what the other person's going to do in different decision-making situations. We're pretty much always on the same page. Um, but her communication is just a little bit more insightful and softer than mine can be at times. And I remember getting a phone call from her. First, I got a text that said, Hey, are you, are you at home? Do you have time for, you know, a, a pretty serious conversation? Everything is fine. Um, and I was, of course, as an owner, you're freaking out and you're like, oh my gosh, what, you know, what are we going to talk about? What is the deal? And she's like, I just have some stuff that I want to bring to your attention. And she had the courage and the, um, really the, the nerves, uh, under control enough to, to call me and just say, Hey, you know, some of the things that you've been using verbiage wise in the salon has kind of, you know, set a tone that isn't great in, in the salon space. And you've said a few things here and there that I know your intention was not to upset anyone, but um, has kind of created like an environment where it seems like I'm at the top of this totem pole and then everybody else, then it goes to Danny and it trickles all the way down to everybody. Um, and it was something that, you know, my communication was not intentional, but there were just a few phrases that I had used that were a little bit more old school and um, really did not settle with the team very well. And so I think that was a weakness that I'm, I'm still kind of working on sometimes. And, and, and it was, it was actually really hard to sit and listen to that conversation and be told that like, Hey, you've kind of created this environment in the salon a little bit and people have brought it to my attention. Um, but like, taking that feedback, I, I now am mindful because I think as a new owner, um, of a, of a business, I don't think I realized how differently my words resonate to the rest of the team and mm -hmm. the responsibility that comes with that. So I took that and, and really thought over it and shed a lot of tears over that conversation. And it was not my intention. And I, and I strive every day to make sure that my communication is clear and kind and, I know the weight that my words have with the rest of the team. Damn, that's powerful. I mean, yes. we, we like judge ourselves on our intention and other people judge us on our actions. And even though your intention was pure, the team was not taking it in that way because of the actions that you were taking that in your mind was fine. Right. And so that's awesome that she was brave enough to be able to step up to the table and be like, this isn't, this isn't okay. And like, what can we do to make this better? You know, and she gave you that opportunity because a lot of times people will just be like, I'm, I'm done with her shit and I'm out, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, like, or they're just going to talk about it in the back room instead of like having that face to face conversation with you. Yeah. So yes, 
And now I think what we've done to remedy that is, is I will ask Danny, Hey, we have this, we need to communicate. How do you think that this is going to be best received? Or how do you think we need to present this? And, and Mm -hmm. really allowing the leaders that do have a strength in communication, um, kind of not call the shots, but like lay out the plan for how we roll things out in the salon and what would be best received with the team. Yeah. I love that. Um, Haley asked a question. We have like five minutes. So I want to make sure too, we had this. She asked like, how might you compensate your leaders who work behind the chair? So, um, so for us, we actually compensate hourly. So, um, we're a little bit different with our compensation because a lot of some of the, part of it is, is that my leaders will have admin time where they get to take away time behind the chair and do, um, put on their leadership hat and play the role that they need to within the salon and get those tasks done. So they're getting compensated their hourly rate, but they're not working behind the chair. Um, at the start, like I mentioned, I would give them like, let them take home a product every single month. And I would also, um, have them like they could get their color services done um, without paying for color and that kind of stuff. Um, You could also give some paid PTO time throughout the year. So like for us, we give a week's paid vacation. um, But something that I've thought about too for adding for my leaders is two weeks paid vacation throughout the year. So just to give them like something else as an incentive for being on the leadership team. Um, And then Another option is you can give a percentage of total sales, but I would highly recommend that they have to hit a certain amount of benchmarks as a team and make sure that they're leading the team to hit those benchmarks before they get whatever that percentage, whether it's 0.5%, whether it's 1%, you know, you have to be a little bit cautious with percentages because as your team grows, that percentage can get really high. Um, so it might even just be a dollar amount that you have set per month that you're able to give, but I would be very clear with it on like, this is what we can give you right now. I would like to be able to grow this. This is how we'll be able to grow it and give them more of like a career path within your leadership team of where they're at right now, what you're able to give, and then what is possible in the future and what do you want to be able to provide for them? You know, maybe it's, I mean, it could be something as crazy as like paying for, if they have kids, like paying for their childcare bill every single month or, you know, taking something off of their plate. Um, you can get creative with it. Um, but those are just some ideas that I have. If you guys want to add anything else to it and if it does hit 11 o'clock and we're still going, I'll just have to pop off just so you guys know. Yeah, the only thing I would um, add is, you know, it's like a baby, right? They got to learn to crawl first, then take the baby steps. And then don't don't run before you walk. You want to make sure that you're developing this together. And again, if you if you so if you have a small team and you have, you know, only one other person, I think is what um, is it Haley that asked the question, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, you want to make sure that you know, this person is in it to win it with you and like develop it and and make it their own and ask what their expectations are. I think that's something that I always do, no matter who's joining my team whether they're coming on leadership, like, what are your expectations for this? What do you want to get out of it? What are your, you know, if, if you could have what you wanted right away, what would that look like? And then, you know, they present because most of the time we're telling ourselves a certain story that 
what we're willing to do for them is not going to be enough. And so then we hold ourselves back. So, you know, ask for for their expectations, see what they're, they're thinking about, because most of the time it's a lot less than we think. And not that we don't want to pay them well, but like Jess said, you know, sometimes it's giving certain perks at first and being like, let's grow this together. Let's set up some benchmarks. Let's, get here and then we can talk about some some other means of compensation so don't be afraid to go that route don't just feel like you have to give them the world right away because most of the time they aren't expecting it yeah and you need it to be sustainable too like you don't want to bite off more than you can chew and then a couple months in you have to go up to them and say i know i promised you this but we we cannot provide that this month like that would be the worst conversation to have to have with somebody so Mm -hmm. definitely starting off small and being able to build up and honestly for me if i had a leader that was coming to me like that i was bringing on right out of the gate and they were most concerned about compensation i would probably think they probably were not the person for that role because you want them to have some skin in the game first absolutely i mean i'll go ahead and say this Eight years ago, I brought on Jackie, my education director, and she, I paid her $12 an hour to work behind the chair and develop our training program. And she just wanted to be a part of it. She wanted to develop it with me. And I, I I told her, you know, this is where I'm at right now. We're brand new. We're just starting. I, I want to see you grow and I will be with you every step of the way, make sure that we're paying you, you know, a a fair compensation, but this is what I have right now. And she was like, great. I'm ready to jump right in. I just want to be a part of it. And then of course, you know, I took care of her and she makes a lot more money now, but you know, in the beginning, take those baby steps first. Oh gosh, just left. Okay. Um, Mal, do you have anything else to add? No, you know, Jesse, I think that that was very well said, you know, baby steps is very important. Um, the only thing that I would really add to that is that one thing that we have kind of done over the years is creating a bonus structure. Um, and creating a bonus structure where if we are hitting certain benchmarks and they don't always have to be like our traditional benchmarks, right? Like our, our pre-booking and our utilization and GARD, things like that. It can also be, you know, cultural benchmarks, you know, um, mm-hmm. or recruitment benchmarks. It can be, um, you know, execution of administrative tasks, you know, things that you can look at and say, you know, are we improving this system? Are we, you know, improving um, our processes and, and, you know, financially reward our people based on that. Because like you said, you know, if, if, if the finances are not there to give your leaders everything that you hope and dream to give them start small and, you know, performance-based bonuses has been really helpful in our salon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that because like Jess said, if it's not sustainable, then it's, it's so much worse to go to them and be like, you know what? I can't pay you what I promised you this month because we're just not doing as well as I thought we would be. Or, you know, and and also just like we do with anybody coming on board, you know, do a 90 day probationary period or exploratory period, whatever you want to call it, where you get to kind of see how they perform and then let them know like, okay, these, these are the things that maybe I don't feel like you're as strong in would we, are we going to develop these characteristics or these behaviors, or is this something that we need to move on to a different role, or maybe they're just not the right person for the role. And that's okay. Not everybody needs to stay in the role that you thought that they would be okay in. That doesn't mean they have to leave your company. So that's a, it's a hard conversation. And if you do it correctly, 
you still want them to work within your company, but maybe just not in that role. So you find something different that works for them. But yeah, you, you definitely want something that's sustainable. You want them to know that you appreciate them, that you see that they're doing a job well done. Um, just don't, don't go too high, too far. Don't mm-hmm. overpromise and underdeliver. just like with everything else within our companies. Absolutely. And the last thing, you know, before we wrap up is I would say with those conversations, schedule them in advance when you are mm-hmm. meeting somebody about, you know, either compensation or what the role looks like or, you know, really anything as you're building it out saying like, hey, let's let's agree to do to start here. And then let's say, you know, 90 days, six months or what have you. Let's get something on the calendar already so that we can sit down and, and look at how things have been going and adjust because, I've always learned, you know, especially in a leadership role, when you have, you're juggling many things, if it's not in the calendar, it might not happen or it'll just keep. So sitting down, making a plan of action and then picking, you know, how and when you're going to check in and what you're going to check in about and getting that scheduled in advance is key. Absolutely. Good point. All right. Well, I think we are good to wrap up unless you have anything else, Mallory. No, I think we're, I think that covers that. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We appreciate your time and you being on with us and we'll see you next week.